Babies, I'm doing something wild and I'm going completely off script for this episode because honestly this is such an emotional and important and fucking real topic that I didn't want to write a script for it and I know that I'm not the most amazing podcaster at reading off a script, you can probably tell, um, but you know, at least I write my own shit. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about queer love and I wanted to talk to you during this beautiful Pride Month about the reality of being somebody who loves outside of the norm, you know, someone who is attracted to people who aren't just the opposite gender. I wanted to talk to you about my experiences coming out, my experiences through my life with people of the same gender and opposite gender. I I suppose I should start at the start. I am I consider myself a bisexual woman and I'm proud of that title. There's a lot of connotations with the word bisexuality. A lot of people think it means you're greedy. A lot of people think that it's like a stop on the way to gay town and all that jazz. But as someone who has known she's attracted to both men and women since before I can remember, I can definitely tell you that I'm not gay, but I'm very, very, very bi. (laughs) I would say that I... I'm 50% attracted to men and women and it has taken me a lot of years and a lot of life experience to get to a point where I can understand that and be comfortable with announcing that. Um, For the longest time I always considered myself bi-curious. It wasn't really that long ago that I thought that I was completely straight and wasn't attracted to women at all but if I go back to the start My first sexual experiences were with women, girls, we were all girls, and I, (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) I, I can honestly say that, you know, it wasn't just a sexual exploration thing for me. Like I, I, I am attracted to women too. I think that they smell good and they're soft and they're beautiful. And I love women with all my heart and soul. And If I end up in a long-term relationship with a woman, if I end up marrying a woman and being with one for the rest of my life, then I am completely okay with that. And it has taken me till the age of 27 to be able to say that. And what does that say about the world that we live in? I guess where I wanted to start was talking to you guys about the fact that there's so many people out there who think that 
being queer, and I, I love the term queer, queer is anybody on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. Um, there's a lot of people out there, cis straight people, and I'm not coming for anyone in this, it's just, it's a fact, uh, who think that being gay or queer is, is more accepted now and they don't really understand why the LGBTQIA plus community is still asking for more rights, more acceptance. And then you go to last week when two lesbian women were beaten up on a bus in London because they wouldn't kiss for a bunch of guys' entertainment. The fact is that being gay, being queer is still not accepted in mainstream society. We're still having issues where people can't hold hands in the street, two men can't comfortably kiss each other in public without being terrified of the repercussions and that's the world that we still live in. I have grown up with homosexual male friends my whole life, I've been incredibly lucky <laughs> and I can honestly say that never of, none of them have had an easy ride into coming out. Maybe their parents knew they were gay from being young but it's not just the coming out, it's the being comfortable in who you are. Everyone around you can know that you're gay. Everyone around you can know that you're queer and accept and love you just as you are. But it's the rest of the world that we have to be careful of. In the same way that most of the women that I know walk with keys between their fingers when they're in a dark car park at night, gay people cannot comfortably be intimate around their partners without fear of repercussion from the general public. And there is complete validity in their fears because every day there is another hate crime every day someone is hurt there are comments made you might not be one of those people who feels that way but the fact is that your peers do so what are we going to do are we going to start calling each other out on our homophobic bullshit because honestly that's the very least that we can do next time you hear a friend say the word faggot tell them to shut the fuck up it's not that hard and you're not gonna get beaten up for it, so why not just be the stronger party? Stick up for the people that can't stick up for themselves because when they do, bad things happen. When I was, I don't know, 12, 11, coming into my sexuality as we all do, you know, I probably realized around that time that I liked women as well, but then, you know, all through my teens, it was something that I suppressed because it's not normal. It's weird. It's how I felt anyway. And I always thought, well, I like men too. Like I'm into men. So that can be my dominant sexuality. That must be what I want. Like, you know, just constantly suppress, suppress, suppress my thing with women. And it took me so long to get to a point where I felt comfortable enough to say, Oh my God, I'm attracted to women as well. And I have had such a fucking easy ride. It's been so easy for me. My story is one of the most stupid, pathetic ones because I've still been able to have my cis relationships with men and it's been easy. It hasn't, I suppose. I've punished myself along the way. I've had some pretty unhealthy relationships and I've tried to compensate for something. And, you know, it probably took me till a couple of years ago to actually start exploring my bisexuality properly, comfortably with people who were also queer and 
you know, I've never looked back since. I just think women are incredible. And I really do feel like 50-50, I love men and women. But even my closest friends have heard me say, oh no, I like sleeping with women, but I wouldn't want a relationship with one. All that bullshit that us fucking bi girls say. Because <laughs> it's hard to come to terms with who you are when it's outside of the norm. When you feel like your family might judge you, when you get scared of what you're, you know, the people that you're attached to, the people that you love, when you get worried about what they're going to say and think about it. And even for me, honestly, I always was worried that my friends would think I was just feeling that way for it. Like I was, sorry, not feeling that way, but saying those things for attention or something. I just always had this stupid thing in my head. Like they're not going to believe that I'm really attracted to women. I'm going to have to prove it. Like what a stupid fucking ideology I had, but it's true though. And again, the fear of coming out as bisexual is that people are going to say, well, oh, you're pretty much a lesbian. It's like, well, no, I love men as well. I love men and women. I don't actually care what's between your legs. But like a personal point of mine is that I wouldn't consider myself pansexual because I've only been with cis men and cis women. So I wouldn't want to classify myself in that way because I don't think I've got the experience to justify, if that makes sense. But at the same time, in the same breath, I am attracted to people regardless of their gender, I suppose is a better way to put it. So there's a lot of stigma when it comes to the term bisexuality. So I, I think it's important to use it in a really positive light a lot. So I, I'm, I will gladly identify as a bisexual woman because I think that the more of us that use that label with pride, the better. Three years ago, when I went to the States for the first time, I had just left Orlando with my beautiful friend, Jessie, who I lived with in Brisbane. And we were in our little Mustang doing our drive down to, uh, we're actually going down to Key West for the first time upon our friends, our friend Jeff's suggestion with our friend Chloe. And uh, while we were driving down to Key West, I saw the headline about how there had been a shooting in Orlando, um, Pulse nightclub and 50 people had had passed away and many more were injured and I found out that it was a gay club and it was Pride Month and it's one of the worst mass shootings in American history. At the time it was the deadliest. It was a homophobic attack against the queer community, against my community and I didn't really know what to say. It should be the safest place, a gay club in, in Pride Month. It should be a place where we can be ourselves. Oh my goodness, if I could just explain to you guys how wonderful it feels to walk into a gay club as a queer person and lock eyes with someone of the same gender as you and know that you're both mutually attracted to each other. Fuck, it is, a, it is the most amazing feeling because it's so accepted. The amount of times I've been dancing on a dance floor and I'll, I'll look over and see a girl and she's smiling at me and that's not an experience that I can have in a normal club, you know, like, oh, it's just beautiful to be around people who are like you. And I can't imagine how it felt for those people that night when they were in that club in their safe place and they were having fun and someone walked in and he was full of so much hate that he pulled a gun and he killed all those people. And their lives ended because of his hatred for other people. 
and they did nothing wrong, and they were in their safe place. I'm sorry. It's so wrong. It's so unfair. Our world is full of so much hatred. But I have to believe that there is more love. We have to be louder. We need to talk louder than they do. We need to speak up because at the moment we are so outweighed by hatred. The Liberal Party in Australia got another fucking term. People like Pauline Hanson have a seat in Parliament. There is so much hatred in our world and there are so many people who follow this. But I genuinely think that if we just listen to each other, there has to be something in empathy. Lately, I've been listening to this incredible podcast. There's a man called Dylan Marin, and he is a gay man. And he gets a lot of hate online because he's a far left activist. And he posts these brilliant videos online, basically taking the piss out of the right. And as much as I love to laugh at that sort of thing, it's true, but it does isolate them. We make them a butt of a joke instead of a real human being with real feelings and emotions and experiences. There is a reason that these people believe the things that they do. So Dylan has brought out a podcast called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. And he basically contacts people who've commented nasty or negative things on his videos. And he says to them, would you like to have a chat? He gets these people on the phone or on Skype and they have a conversation. And it's not about trying to change anybody's mind. It's just about a bit of empathy and how far that goes. He talks to people who believe very different things to him. And as much as when, you know, if someone states something factually inaccurate, he will comment and say, actually, this is correct or that's incorrect. He's not trying to change anyone's mind. He's not trying to shame anyone. The fact is we all have our opinions and our beliefs for a reason. We all come from certain experiences that make us think the way that we do. We need to start treating each other like human beings with opinions instead of the far right and the far left because the more we isolate each other, the worse the divide is going to get. And we're seeing this all over the world. In the States, white straight men felt fucking compressed or whatever the word would be. So they voted for Trump. And now we have a person in power who doesn't give a fuck about most of his people. And I know that I'm spewing my own beliefs right now. But there are people who feel incredibly unsafe. There has been a rise in hate attacks. That's a fact in America ever since he got into power. And I'm scared that the same thing is going to happen here in Australia. And I'm passionate about it. But that is why I've made it a point to have conversations with my friends. And I have quite a few who voted for the conservative parties here in Australia and ask them why. And it's not to change anybody's mind. I don't assume that I am smart enough to change anybody's mind. All I wanted was 
a moment to understand, to empathize. Empathy is not endorsement, but it does humanize each of us. How are we supposed to teach each other if we don't listen? I know that I have a lot of friends that have families in farming backgrounds, in small business backgrounds, and that's why they voted for the party that they did because they knew that they would take care of the business owner. They would take care of their best interests. I'm a socialist. I know that I am far left and I know that my opinions do not suit everybody and where I might be willing to give up half of my paycheck to pay higher taxes to make sure that the poverty divide is closed, other people won't. I understand that. I think I have a level of empathy with people who are homeless or going through hard times, not because I've ever experienced it or anyone I know has. I just have... I don't know, I've, I've read a lot, I've, I've watched a lot of TV shows, documentaries and films and I'm capable of a really intense amount of empathy, too much honestly, because it fucking destroys me on a daily basis, but that's where I come from. And I can't judge someone who looks after themselves as number one because that's what this world is geared towards. It's a capitalist society where if you take care of yourself and you work hard, you will make money. And I can't take away from people who want to do that. I think that's incredible to take care of yourself is wonderful but at the same time I know that not everyone is capable of that and not everyone is going to care what other people are capable of it's the world we live in it's the beauty of free speech and choice and it's good that we don't live in 1984 like George Orwell predicted I don't want a totalitarian society at all but I do think that we can do a lot more to close gaps and to bring ourselves to a a better place overall to take care of each other but not everyone's going to want to do that that's why communism will never work on a grand scale etc etc this is getting really deep this started out as a queer episode <laughs> i feel like my main point of this episode and what i wanted to say is that love is love and we only live once and i truly hope that anybody listening to this understands that it doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from. What's in your heart is the one true thing that we have. It's the one thing that we have. Our hearts tell us what they want and we should listen because our souls are telling us what they need and we're finally in a generation where we can make a difference. So are you going to be tolerant and loving and kind? I don't think anybody listening to this isn't. Thank you for being as wonderful as you are. Thank you for being my friends, being as kind and loving as you are, accepting and gentle and I love how different you all are, but that we can all agree that love is love. Thank you for listening to this episode of Loon Life. It's been emotional, but I love you very much. 